The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Good evening, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle. The time is 7.03. It is Tuesday, February 10th, and on behalf of the EOT team here at WKNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Nick Savage. On Eye on the Triangle tonight, we are breaking away from tradition again, which is, as our regular listeners will know, also occurred during our last show and the show before that. On tonight's Eye on the Triangle, we will discuss what is known as Resolution 42, also known as the Indigenous Peoples' Day Act. But first, let's find out what's in the news beyond the headlines. This week in news on Eye on the Triangle. A brief rundown of the latest news. On Friday, February 6th, a decision made by the Supreme Court of Canada made the nation one of the few Western countries that allows physician-assisted suicide. Originally banned in 1993, the now overruled ban permits consenting adults to choose to end their own life if they are suffering intolerably from a severe and incurable medical condition, though the illness does not have to be terminal. The court ruling will be in full effect in 12 months. After weeks of internal strife in Australia's ruling Liberal Party, the Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott was brought to vote to determine if he would be voted out of office. The vote, which took place on Monday, February 9th, ended with a total of 61 to keep Abbott in office and 39 in opposition. Sharply declining poll numbers, the most recent poll found only 24% of Australians were satisfied with Abbott, and overwhelming criticism over his policy decisions instigated the protestation of Conservative Abbott's leadership. Since Abbott was elected in 2013, the Australian government has created free trade deals with some countries, killed off taxes on carbon and mining, and have sharply reduced the amount of asylum-seeking boats coming to Australia, and have produced savings to rein in the mounting budget deficit. But ample reproach from critics slammed the government for cutting health and education spending while tightening welfare. Fighting erupted between Belize and Zamalek soccer club supporters after authorities set up barricades and utilized tear gas on fans attempting to enter an army-owned stadium on Sunday, February 7th, in Cairo, Egypt, ending with at least 40 dead. The fans accused police force of a massacre, but security denied using violence. Many of those that died appeared to have died of suffocation after a stampede occurred. Egypt's interior ministry stated that the clashes began when supporters of Zamalek, also known as Ultra's White Knights, tried to attend the game without buying tickets. Fans instead stated that police only opened one narrow barbed wire door, which sparked pushing and shoving, prompting tear gas from the police that then panicked the crowd and caused the stampede. Zamalek fans have clashed with police in the past, both in and outside of stadiums, and the authorities have also been previously accused of using excessive force when confronting them. The Italian Coast Guard picked up 105 migrants off a boat adrift the Libyan coast Sunday, February 8th. The migrants had spent approximately 18 hours on deck with extreme sea conditions, resulting in at least 25 dying from hypothermia, even after being collected by the Italian patrol boats. Italy ended its search and rescue mission, known as Mare Nostrum, last year due to public concern over the cost of the mission in just its first year. The decision earned some criticism from human rights groups who feared for more endangered lives. The European Union has now started Triton, its border-controlled operation, but with fewer ships and a considerably smaller area of operation. 
After an attack on public buses in Cameroon on Sunday, February 8th, seven hostages have been killed and at least eight young girls have been kidnapped by the armed group Boko Haram. The girls, who are students aged 11 to 14, have become eight more to the already 300 girls kidnapped in Nigeria last year. Boko Haram launched its insurgency against the Nigerian government five years ago, launching attacks that killed 10,000 just last year alone. The group has begun intensifying attacks on neighboring countries, such as Cameroon, Niger, Benin, and Chad as well. Back to you, Nick. Thanks, Sydney. And now, to the main topic of our show this evening. Guests tonight include members of the Native American Student Association, the Native American Drum Group, the American Indian Science and Engineering Society, Sigma Omicron Epsilon Incorporated, Alpha Pi Omega Sorority Incorporated, Multicultural Greek Council, and Student Government. Representing these organizations, we have here in the studio Megan Jones, Simba, Carly Moore, Jessica Anstead, Stacey Knighton, and Rodney Strickland. And now I figured to get the ball rolling, get things started, I figured if you could each tell me a little bit about what each of your groups do on campus. Hey, it's Megan. Um, I'm in Alpha Pi Omega Sorority Incorporated, the Native American Student Association, and also the president of the Multicultural Greek Council. Um, All of our organizations promote diversity. We do different events on campus, including um, social and cultural events, the powwow that we have every year. The Multicultural Greek Council represents 12 organizations on campus that are Greek letter organizations. Um, And we really just try to support our members in everything that we do. Hi, my name is Carly, and I am in student government. I am a senator for the College of Sciences. I'm also president of American Indian Science and Engineering Society, referred to as ACES. uh, And I'm in Alpha Pi Omega Sorority Incorporated. Uh, Student government seeks to serve all of the students at North Carolina State University and also be a voice for students across the state and the nation and to be really forward-thinking in our policies and specifically for this topic to increase inclusion. Hi, I'm Jessica, and I am president of Sigma Omicron Epsilon Incorporated. I'm also a member of ACES and um, the Multicultural Greek Council. Um, SOE does a lot with Native um, women advancement and um, the prosperity of Native culture and education um, throughout um, North Carolina and the United States. Uh, Hello everyone, I am Simba Jacobs and I'm here representing a plethora of groups today, but I'm really representing the um, drum group here at NC State. And I've been working with the drum group for about um, two months now. We've uh, just got started and what we're doing is we're trying to spread Native American culture and Native American um, beliefs throughout the school and teach people about these Native American beliefs and culture. And I'm also, we're also doing, you know, a few performances here and there. We've gone to um, North Carolina's and we've gone to NCSSM, and we're also going to UNC to perform, so it should be a good time, but thank you. So I figured I'd direct my first question towards Carly this evening, um, because as a member of the student government, I suppose you would be the best person to explain to us what exactly Resolution 42 is. All right, this is Carly, and Resolution 42 is a statement of support. It is a non-binding resolution, so it doesn't have power in itself uh, it has influence so resolution 42 says that the senators who were elected by the students to be their voice have decided that replacing columbus day with indigenous people's day is a good idea and they would support the administration in making moves to have that happen and so what is 
What would be, as you said, making moves, but what more specifically might that be? Yeah, so there's a university standing committee on records, registration, and calendars. Uh, They're composed of staff, faculty, administrators, and some student voices. They come together and vote on all issues regarding the calendar, and that would be the committee that would approve a change from Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. So right now I'm working with the Faculty Senate and Staff Senate to have their legislative bodies support Indigenous Peoples Day. And then we would bring this to the calendar committee, which I happen to be a member of, and hopefully it would pass that committee, go to the chancellor who has the final say, and if he approves it, then the calendar for North Carolina State University would strike Columbus Day and have Indigenous Peoples Day. Now, as I understand it, you're, maybe the, the message and the, the idea behind this is to affect more than just NC State University through this movement. Yes. So it started as I saw in the news that Seattle, the city of Seattle, changed it. And I thought, well, if they can do it, we can do it too. Uh, so we started this process, process back in October, and it finally came to fruition last week. Uh, But even after that, the technician, the student newspaper here, had an article on it, and it's been viewed nearly 3,000 times. And I know personally from people I know uh, across the state who have viewed it, and then also people across the nation. So I I think it could be a great movement. So I suppose this next part is something that uh, members of the various organizations could all contribute to. But um, in light of all of this recognition, the response that you were just mentioning, what, how has that affected either your organization or the success or lack thereof of the bill? Well, I know for the Native Amer- or hey, this is Simba speaking. I know for the Native American drum group, it's great to actually have you know, um, some light here on campus because I know a lot of people don't know about the Native American people on campus and don't know what we do on campus. And so hearing about this bill and realizing that, you know, we're here and that, you know, we want to be a part of, like, everyone's life and we want to show what we can do. It's really, really given us um, like a view inside the campus, and so being a new drum group and being shown to the, like the um, community is really awesome. Hey, it's Megan. Um, as far as supporting the Multicultural Greek Council, there are actually four Greek letter organizations that are focused around Native American culture, and so this really promotes our organizations and seeing that we're all involved in making this happen. It's a really cool thing, and it also sheds light on the other organizations that are in the MGC, which include Latina, Latino organizations, Southeast Asian organizations, Asian, Pan-Asian organizations, and also multicultural um, sororities and fraternities. So it's a really good light thing for us. Um, this is Jessica speaking. I also think that the act um, sheds light on the marginal, mar- marginalization of um, Native and Indigenous people in general. And it kind of sheds light um, to that aspect and educates the community um, that may overlook that um, what's been going on for generations. So I think that um, in that aspect, it helps um, educate the community as well. So you, you were speaking a little bit about how this affects all of the organizations and how everyone is kind of behind this the same way. But I was wondering what kind of um, cooperative work has been taking place or, or will take place in the future to help forward the message of this bill, not only here at NC State, but uh, I guess around North Carolina or at other universities. This is Carly. So uh, 
we're about a week away from when it passed. And so some steps has already been taken. Uh, we've reached out to the faculty and staff senates and also through word of mouth, talked to different universities. So the University of North Carolina at Pembroke, which was originally a Native American based university to train Indian educators, uh, has reached out to inquire about the language of the bill and how they could follow up with something at their university, University of Greensboro, University of North Carolina at Greensboro and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill have also inquired. And so we each have connections to these different universities, and I think we're going to use those to follow up with people we know personally to help support them in the process if they go forward. So you mentioned that there's a, a lot of response, not maybe not a lot, but there is some response, for example, from UNC Greensboro. Um, as far as on NC State's campus, what kind of support have you seen, I guess, even since October or even heading forward? I'm, I've heard that there's something to do with the Office of Institutional Equity and Diversity that may be involved here. Um, hey, it's Megan again. So... I, as president of the Multicultural Greek Council, am invited every month to meet with other student leaders on campus, including the student body vice president and the student body president, as long as well as the chancellor. So on February 18th, we will be meeting with him, and all of these presidents will be coming together to voice our opinions to the chancellor. And we always talk about how we can further student involvement on campus and really having students there to talk to him will show the campus that we really want to be involved in what decisions are made on our at, at an administration level um so hopefully um, more students will show up to that meeting and voice their opinion and we can really get recognized as far as the this act and also the inclusion act which is resolution 68. Could you tell me a little bit more about Resolution 68? Because you kind of just dropped that in there at the end, and I'm a little bit curious about what that involves. Um, so Resolution 68 is called the Inclusion Act for short. Um, it includes the support from Senate, which they also passed that last week as well, to include all diversity-related issues and to say that they really support diversity on this campus, which includes um, talking about social justice issues along with microaggressions, tackling those um, and if you don't know what a microaggression is it is little things that people say on an everyday basis that doesn't really make a difference on a local or a, a widespread scale but it really hurts some people and it can be offensive and so the resolution 69 which would fund that would um, really help those organizations that promote diversity have events that tackle those issues I just spoke about. And this is Carly, and I also serve as finance chair of uh, Student Senate, so I can speak a little more about resolution, well, Finance Bill 69, which is titled the Social Justice Mini-Grant Act. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, we took the Senate and the executive branch, both contributed $500 to make a $1,000 pot for our mini-grant. This is the first year it was just created. And it would be an alternative path for funding other than appropriations. Uh, so student government appropriations is for any registered organization, but you have to apply a month, a semester in advance of your program. So if I wanted to hold a program this semester, I had to apply at the beginning of last semester. And it's not really responsive to programs that can come about on a short notice. And we also wanted to speak with our money 
and put our money where our mouth is and say that we really support diversity and here's $1,000 to show that. So the social justice mini grant would have four aspects. It has to be a collaboration. So we want people working together. It takes all different perspectives. And so it has to be a collaboration between multiple groups. Uh, You have to uh, be addressing a social justice issue. And we left it broad because there's all kinds of issues. And one thing that might occur to me could be different from someone else. So we really left it broad. It would be reviewed by a panel of people from student government. It's all student-led deciding. And then the fourth aspect is it's a mini-grant. So you could get 50 or or $100, and it's really meant to be responsive for social justice issues. Great, thanks. And we'd like to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stay tuned. KNC. They hate us because they ain't that's a great saying, okay? The Revolution. Hey, kids, it's time for Counting with Bruce Springsteen. KMC 88.1. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Welcome back. The topic of this evening's discussion is the Indigenous Peoples Day Act here at NC State. And I suppose we covered a little bit about the support that you guys have received in passing this bill. Um, But what are some of the opposing viewpoints that you've encountered and how has that been handled? This is Carly. And everything that happens at NC State somehow winds up on WFAC Students, which is a Facebook group. So recently... Um, right after the technician article came out, uh, it appeared on Wolfpack students. And it's a good forum to discuss what she thinks going on. Uh, but pretty soon the comments got out of control. And there was a lot of racist remarks in the comments. And uh, it veered away from factual evidence and into personal attacks. And that's similar to what happened last semester with... Um, Yik Yak comments around demonstrations uh, put on in response to Ferguson and the incidents in New York City. And so it really shows those microaggressions that Megan was talking about earlier. People feel comfortable saying things that are not acceptable if they're on an online platform where they feel distanced from the people they're attacking. Hey, it's Megan. Um... As far as actually from senators, the um, the reactions we got from them varied from the facts that they were stating about how without Columbus, you know, America wouldn't be here and the things that he did for the country, which is true. Um, but 
they really didn't have a lot of backbone to their argument. There were a lot of other Native Americans and people in support of the Indigenous Peoples Day Act there. Um, so everybody has different opinions on what Columbus means, but it was it's not really celebrated. People recognize it, but on campus, people don't celebrate it. So um, they were kind of putting things out there, and we would counteract them. So there was a lot of debate, actually, in the Senate meeting. Hi, this is Jessica. Um, to chime in on what Megan um, just stated, so um, the perspective of Native and Indigenous people often with Columbus, Columbus Day is that it highlights the genocide of our people. So when we think of Columbus Day, we don't think of the discovery, in air quotes, um, of America. We think of our people being killed. And um, it's a lot of um, heartache and tension behind that. And that's one of the reasons why we want to re-educate people on why it shouldn't be called Columbus Day and why Indigenous Peoples Day um, is a better name for um the holiday, I would say. This is Rodney Strickland. Um, yet to follow off that, um, most of the time when we think of Christopher Columbus, we kind of put a positive light on him and um, often use the word discovered to describe what he did. Um, what's kind of ironic is the fact that whenever Christopher Columbus first sailed over here in 1492, um, he really didn't come anywhere close where he thought he did. He more so went to the islands around the Bahamas. Um, of the population that was there at the time, Within two years, within two years, uh, half the population was deceased. Um, when Christopher Columbus had a ship that was wrecked, he found that the people were very hardworking, and um, a lot of the items that were on his ship turned up miss uh, did not turn up missing. In fact, nothing turned up missing at all. And um, he found them to be such good workers and such honest people that he decided to make make them slaves for his gold mines. Um, they were very torturous things that happened with the Christopher Columbus um, crimes that were against his own people's laws back in Spain. Um, it, it got so bad to a point where the governor, one of the governors from Spain came down, arrested Christopher Columbus, and sent him back. But because how much gold he provided the queen and king of Spain, um, they, they gave him a pardon and released him. Um, there were many different things that happened, but ultimately the people that are represented here today uh, often we, we don't view Christopher Columbus Day in such a positive light, and we'd like to see the accurate things that happened um, told and like to know that even though there were treacherous crimes um, against our people and descendants thereof, um, we're still here and that there's still things that we st we're still very active in our communities. So, as I understand it, part of the ideas or one of the purposes behind Indigenous Peoples Day is this idea of educating people about what some of the things that you just said, but also trying to encourage more uh, education about particular Native American groups. Is that something that you hope to incorporate here at NC State, and in what way do you think you would be able, that would manifest? This is Carly. So... Prior to this, uh, the Office of Institutional Equity and Diversity hosted a program called the Miseducation of Columbus. And so my freshman year, two years ago, I attended that event, and it was a panel of NC State faculty who were from History Department and uh, Native American Studies, and they gave the facts that Rodney just shared with you, and they really told the story about what happened. And it was called the miseducation because a lot of us don't know those things. 
And so you're exactly right that we want to open a dialogue with people about what happened in the past and what's happening now. And I really think uh, that you have to understand the past to understand what's going on now because we're still facing struggles and we need help from all groups of people. And so some people saw this as maybe singling out one group to be lifted up above others, but it's not. We want to open a dialogue and include all groups to help us all rise up and overcome the negative things in the past. So I think the education piece is really, really important, and that hopefully, even if people were opposed to it originally, that they will interact with us and dialogue with us in education terms. This is Rodney. Um, yeah, to go off that, it really uh, is really meant to be educational because when you think, when people talk about Native Americans, um, a lot of the times they'll think about Christopher Columbus, they think about just Thanksgiving, um, and not that it's bad because uh, our ancestors had a direct part in that, but we want people to know that how active we are today and a lot of times that there aren't just four or five big groups of Indians, um, Native Americans, that there's a lot of uh, other minorities that are included in this and uh, are affected by the um, misrepresentation. So we want to make sure that people are educated um, and that they're well-informed going forward to, to shed light on um, their, own, their own generation and generations ahead to know that um, maybe sometimes the history book got it wrong. Hey, this is Simba. Um, I just want to say that one of the big movements about, or about this bill is the fact that Columbus Day wasn't really celebrated on campus. A lot of people knew about Columbus Day and knew that the day was Columbus Day, but the school itself didn't really do a whole lot with Columbus Day. The reason we changed it to Indigenous Peoples Day was to give people, um, basically to give people um, an, an, an a, a, um, opportunity to learn about diversity on campus. And, you know, we're here to learn, and we're here to learn about different people and different things. And so the point of changing it from Columbus Day to a day about teaching was very important and crucial to the bill being passed. So in terms of the of looking forward, um, what do you guys, what are each of you hope for the future of this bill? I, I suppose in terms of how your campus groups are, are thought about or maybe what kind of representation you have around campus. Hey, it's Megan. Um, I would really like to see all the Native organizations get involved with promoting this day, especially on, I think it's October 15th. Um, so maybe we could host a big celebration in the Brickyard or something. I just picture these amazing things coming from the Native Greek organizations and also the two um, social organizations that we have. And as far as the Multicultural Greek Council, I really would hope to see our members um, support our fellow Greek leader organizations and make, make it happen, make this educational event happen. As far as the, this is Jessica, um, as far as the NC State community, I would like to see um, more attendance to our native-based um, events. Um, a lot of the times, because we are a minority um, group on campus, we get low attendance to our events. So any um, events that we may have that are educational and that educate the community about our culture and um, different aspects about our culture, I would like to see um, the native, I mean, the NC State community more involved um, in educating themselves about our culture. Uh, hey, this is Simba. Um, to be honest, I'd like to see a lot of people have a lot of fun from this day. To be honest, I feel like there's a great opportunity for people to just go to events and do arts and crafts and other cultural diversity activities. And I think it'd be a great idea to have 
you know, instead of just having Columbus Day, we all go to school and then go to the brickyard and go to the library. But we could have a day where we could do arts and crafts or work with each other and learn about each other. This is Rodney. Um, yeah, as a member of NASA, I'd lo- really just like to see this day uh, kind of entail really as many Native Americans as possible um, that want to get involved. Uh, we're all, like A lot of the times, even though there's a club or an organization that's set up, um, many people either are unaware about it or they don't think that being involved really is going to change much. And really, we're just trying to make a connection, um, uh, grow, uh, foster some relationships and foster a fellowship as well. Um, and then at the same time, while we're doing that, uh, almost simultaneously informing others as well. Um, so I think there's a, there's a very possible uh, opportunity to have a lot of fun on this day. Hi, this is Carly. And so Rodney touched on the piece I want to elaborate on. So this was just an idea. And now it has passed student senate. And then hopefully it will go on and become an actual change at North Carolina State University. And so the Native community and any community watching this can think to themselves and say, if there's a problem with the way we're doing things now, we can change it. We have the power to do that. We can organize ourselves, step up, go through the appropriate um, channels, and make it happen. And one of my professors, in talking about this bill, gave me a quote that really made sense. And it said, power is the ability to change history. We're not going back and rewriting history and changing it because it already happened, but we're just telling it the way it is. And so... The facts that Rodney shared earlier, that's the way it was. And so we've experienced a little bit of power in being able to tell others about that. And so what I want to see people take from this is that whatever is wrong in their individual lives or society as a whole, that we tackle it and not just ignore it and hope that it goes away, but we tackle it and change it and start a dialogue about it. Great. Well, we're going to take another short break, but we'll see everybody in two minutes. You are listening to the best radio station in the Triangle, WKNC 88.1 Raleigh. Cyberstalking is sending threats or false accusations via phone or web, stealing identity or data, or spying and monitoring someone's internet use. Sometimes threats can materialize. To prevent cyberstalking, be careful what information you share online. Avoid using your main email account for social networking, and don't fill out every field when registering. Consider a picture that doesn't identify you or your location and avoid using your full name. Facebook changes its privacy policy often, so check your settings regularly. For more tips, go to takebackthetech.net. This message is a public service of 88.1 WKNC. 1033, home invasion, three detained. Description. Mouse, female, spreading disease, contaminating food. Copy that. Termite, male, property damage. Go ahead. Stinging insect, male, triggered allergic reaction, major health risk. Pests like mice, cockroaches, termites, and stinging insects pose real health and property risks. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org. That's P-E-S-T World.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. 
Honey bun and sugar snacks, I got something to ask you, boo. I'm going to this amazing concert on Valentine's Day called Double Bell Benefit 12, hosted by WKNC. It's at Cat's Cradle and features Eternal Summers with Elvis Depressedly Museum Mouth and Body Games. Will you be my baby doll? My eye candy. My boo. Bay, I'll even buy your tickets at WKNC.org slash DBB12. Be my Valentine girl. Mm. This is DJ Cancel from Arroz con Pollo, and you are listening to WKNC Rally, The Revolution. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. And welcome back. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle. Now, I just want to jump right back into it and ask um, if you've had any kind of different responses from, uh, I suppose, different North Carolina native groups or maybe Triangle native groups with respect to this bill. Hi, this is Carly. So I'm really excited to share this Uh, Like I said earlier, the word got around pretty quickly in North Carolina, and one of the best responses was from our Native alumni here at NC State, people who've come here and spent some of their time and went on to go back to their communities or move away. But when they found out that NC State was the first university in North Carolina to take on this mission, they were really, really proud. And that makes me feel good because I know in a few years I'll be in their shoes And I won't be at NC State, and it won't be as big a part of my life, but I'll still care. And so it means a lot that our university, which has a reputation for being a little slow on diversity issues, was one of the first to step out on this. And also there's, there's eight tribes in North Carolina and four urban associations. And one is the Triangle Native American Association, and they've been really really supportive of this. We actually have a few faculty and staff here at NC State, and so they've just been a great inspiration to us all. This is Jessica, and to elaborate on um, the eight tribes that are comprised in North Carolina, um, Eastern Band of Cherokee Tribe is the only federally recognized tribe in North Carolina. Um, We have the Kohari Tribe, the Okanichi Saponi Tribe, the Wakamasuan Tribe, Saponi Tribe, Pony tribe, the Lumbee tribe, and the Mahiran tribe. And a lot of people don't know this, but North Carolina um, is has the largest native population east of the Mississippi. So um, it's not just Cherokee or Navajo. Like we are comprised, um, we make up a large portion of the native community east of the Mississippi. Um, this is Rodney, and to touch on a little bit, go in a little bit more detail about that. In North Carolina alone, um, from a recent census, there are over 99,000 Native Americans in North Carolina, and 33% of that um, were under the age of 19. So that means that up and coming uh, are generations full of Native Americans that are more, like we're trying to get into go into universities and into, in, uh, into colleges and uh, get a higher education. So what we want to do is ultimately let them know that they're not alone when they come here. That just because they move away from home, uh, they don't have to desert their culture or their heritage. Now, as I've heard of something called the powwow, and I have no idea what this entails, but could someone enlighten me? Hi, this is Carly. And so we're all just pointing at each other because we're all involved with it, and it's a very uh, special thing for us. So NC State is holding their 25th annual powwow uh, in March 21st, Saturday, March 21st. It starts at noon and lasts till 7 p.m. A powwow is a cultural social, uh, traditional, spiritual gathering of Native peoples 
uh, there's singing and dancing and drumming and food and socializing. And we are very proud to have one here at NC State. Uh, it's open to the public. Anybody can come. And we really want to see you turn out. That would be cool. You mentioned that a lot of the different groups that you are all part of um, are involved in this, but how specifically are you all, I suppose, involved in planning or trying to put this kind of event together? Hey, this is Simba. And so the drum group um, here at NC State, the Native American drum group, will obviously be performing at this event. And so we're going we're gonna to be there and we're going to be supporting the event. I know Native American Student Association, we put a lot of money and time into creating the event and making it plausible and inviting other people from around the state to actually come and join us. And we also do, a, MSI does a lot of um, multicultural student affairs, also does a lot of work in just kind of advertising, making sure that people know about this event and saying, hey, this is a nice event to learn about culture and to learn about values and traditions. And to tag along what Simba just said, this is Jessica, um, the Multicultural Greek um Student Affairs Office does a lot with advertising, but they also um, do a lot with um, organizing as well. So we actually have a powwow planning committee, which is composed of um, students that are part of each organization on NC State, so our native organizations. And they actually help um, plan out the details of the powwow and things like that. Um, the other organizations um, that aren't involved on the planning committee, we actually show up on the day of and volunteer. We um, give food to the dancers and drummers. We set up the arena. Um, there's a lot of community service, that a lot of hard work that goes behind um, putting it together, um, taking it down, things like that, um, that we help out with. Yeah, and this is Carly, and I'd really like to emphasize the role that the students play in on it. So I'm on the committee, and we have subcommittees, and we have – I actually get to be the co-chair this year with the Native American Affairs Assistant Director – and we learn a lot about event planning in general, so it's a good thing to have experience in, but also it draws you closer to your culture. So I don't think it's a really great opportunity to combine having a big event and learning all the skills that go with that and also getting to introduce people who would never know anything about Native American culture to something that's so near and dear to our hearts. And so um, it's Smart Saturday. March 21st at NC State on Miller Fields, open to the public. Great. Now, uh, how can different students who would like to get involved with your organizations go about doing that? All right. So this is Carly. Native American Student Affairs meets on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Um American Indian Science and Engineering Society meets on Monday nights at 6 p.m. The Greek letter organizations have intake processes uh, each semester, and you can find out more information about them by going to the Greek Life page at NC State's uh, webpage. Um. This is Simba. I think one of the best ways to um, actually learn about Native American culture and any culture on campus is to visit the um, MSA office in Poland building, uh, Poland um, lower floor. And so if you're interested in learning about any culture, really, MSA, Multicultural Student Affairs, is probably the best place to go to. And you can actually look it up online if you need to know exactly where it is. But it's in Poland, the lower floor. Great. So we're going to take another really short break, but we're going to come back with a slightly controversial question. Stay tuned. 
WKNC presents bad advice that rhymes. <clears throat> Rub-a-dub-dub, make toast in the tub. Wow, that is bad advice. The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, student media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Welcome back to Eye on the Triangle. Again, tonight we are discussing the idea of a Indigenous Peoples Day here at NC State and the fact that that is soon to be a reality. Now, I just wanted to address, um, finally, one point that I've heard mentioned, and that is the idea of having both an Indigenous Peoples Day and celebrating Columbus Day, um, celebrating both of them, I suppose, at different times. What is the response that you have to that, As a, I suppose, if each of you have different responses? Hi, this is Jessica speaking. Um, in reference to having Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day, I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose or the point of the act. Um, I think the point of the act is to highlight what actually happened in history and um, to emphasize that America wasn't discovered. You know, we were here, um, our people were here, and that culture was rich. It was here already. Um, and I think that It'd be ignorant of us to celebrate a terrorist. And that, that is honestly how I view Christopher Columbus. Um, if we look at all the other terrorists that we have highlighted in history, such as um, bin Laden, um, Christopher Columbus had some of the similar characteristics. Um, we just don't like to talk about it because he was, you know, our, pre- our precious, our precious American discoverer, you know, and, um, When it comes to America, I feel like we like to put dust over um, or put in the back of the cabinet things that we don't want to discuss because we don't want America seen as um, this negative, um, I don't know, little black sheep. We want America to be this golden child. Um, And I feel like it's time for us to actually look at the different things that have happened in history that have, you know, made us America. You know, we need to understand where we come from. This is Rodney. Um, to go off of what she said about terrorists, um, a terrorist is anyone who can inflict terror or make someone change their ways of life, um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, since Christopher Columbus came uh, back in 1492, nothing had ever been the same. Um, and if they coincide with each other, it really defeats the purpose and it's redundant. Um, what we want to happen is to promote indigenous people um, globally and to also give any kind of positive light to Christopher Columbus and his transgressions um, would ultimately defeat the purpose. Hey, this is Simba Jacobs. I just wanted to say, um, you know, when Columbus came to America, after that, basically a genocide ensued, and an entire people, an entire culture, or an almost entire culture, was lost in history. And so to celebrate Columbus Day and to celebrate the people who were genocided as well would really be confusing and defeat the whole purpose of both days. And so I feel like, um, to be honest, if we celebrate both days, it would really be send a mixed message to multiple people across multiple cultures. So I suppose if I'm understanding correctly, the idea is basically to reject that the Europeans in their arrival brought some like reason and science and, and productive achievement to somewhat otherwise primitive people. And I guess that's ultimately very insulting to Native Americans and descendants of Native Americans these days. Hey, this is Megan. Um, to say that Europeans brought and developed America is very wrong. Um, there have been 
thousands of years of engineering going on in this land before Europeans ever found it. If you don't believe me, you can go search and find out information about the Indian mounds and the things that we created, our ancestors created, and just all the different things that we have accomplished in our culture. And to see our, us still thriving, um, I'm pretty sure that's proof enough to say that we, you know, we were civilized, not just in their eyes. Uh, hi, this is Jessica. To chime on um, of what Megan said, um, indigenous people or native people, had it not been for our agricultural um, knowledge and techniques, European people actually would have never survived in America. We knew the land. We knew how to work the land. Um, and had it not been for our knowledge of our land and how to grow food, they wouldn't have um, survived in our um our environment. Hi, this is Carly, and this will sound harsh, but I believe it, and I believe it because it's true. America was built from land stolen from natives and on the backs of slaves taken from Africa, and that's how America started, and so we have to face that. Like Jessica was saying earlier, we can't just wash that away. We got to talk about it, or we can't move forward, and um, one of the debates points on the Senate floor was diversity is not going away. You can't just ignore these issues and think tomorrow they won't matter because they're coming bigger and bigger every day. And so now's the time to face it. We're in college to learn, to broaden our horizons, and to interact with people. There might not ever be a time that you have a chance to look around you and see people from all different backgrounds and to walk up to them and discuss things with them. So I invite you to come to any of us and ask us questions and let's sit down and let's talk about it. But don't just ignore it and act like it never happened. Great. Well, thank you very much for each of your inputs on, on that piece. And uh, with that, I suppose that's all we have for you this evening. As always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, you can let us know and tweet at us at WKNC underscore EOT, where you can also catch up on some more local news. Also, be sure to check out our blog at blog.wknc.org, where you can also download our podcast. After Hours with Mac Attack is up next at 8, and you can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next week right here on WKNC. We'd like to thank our contributor, Michaela and Sydney, and everyone who was here in the studio with us tonight. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Nick Savage. Good night.